Being a works driver in racing or rallying appears to have a lot of glamour. It is recognised that there is some effort and stress, but that's usually seen as being the physical and emotional strain of driving in a big event. But the hard grind to get to the position of actually racing is not always understood, perhaps rarely understood, yet it is in this aspect that makes it all the more interesting and involves a wide range of skills. Molly Taylor is now the works driver for the Australian Subaru Rally Team, but her journey to the this position has taken her around the world in some less than glamorous situations. Molly joins us on the line now. Molly, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Now, your family is a bunch of very good achievers. I think your sister is now well in the legal profession. Did you have the opportunity to go to university? Uh, I did, actually. Um, I enrolled in a Bachelor of Commerce at the University of Sydney. I started that. I lasted uh, one semester, and then I was actually I was rallying at the time, and I thought I could, could do both, and um, I wanted to go over and compete in this uh, event in the UK, the sort of one-make series against lots of other juniors. But to do that, I obviously needed some money, and I had four jobs at the time, and I so I deferred uni for a semester so I could... Uh, to fit in all those jobs and I thought I would work, save up the money, go and do this one event and see what happens and then, then you know, go back to uni after that if I needed to. And um, I went over and did that, that race and I, I came back to Australia um, over Christmas and then basically packed up my bags and moved to the UK uh, beginning of the following year and, um, yeah, I've, so I've completed uh, two subjects <laughs> of my degree. <laughs> Were you one of those students like a lot of my mates who would sit through lectures and draw pictures of cars? <laughs> Their notebook would have drawings of exotic cars with low suspensions and so on. Did, did that happen with you? <laughs> well, actually, doing my sort of high school certificate when I was finishing school, I actually decided to, for my design and technology project, I built a racetrack and then I had the, the local council involved and yeah, it was great. So I managed to at least apply sort of my love of motorsport into school. And um, I think, honestly, what motorsport taught me at school and, and, you know, whilst I didn't finish university, but I did better than I expected at school. But because I was so busy, it actually made me a lot more productive with the time that I did spend. So definitely good lessons learned in that when you're trying to fit so much in uh, to, to a small amount of time. Is this a, a real size race circuit? <laughs> no, it was just, it was a model yeah, it's just a model and, and all the planning that went into, you know, where it would go. Uh, it was actually, there's a um, just used land next to Eastern, Eastern Creek that they were, um, at the time, looking at all different options for what it could be. So I was um, proposing that we build a rally track, which unfortunately never went ahead in real life, but it's great to be able to plan something that could have happened. So council got involved just as an experience of what you had to go through to get approval? Well, yeah, I mean, it was just in the sort of the design stage and, you know, what, that area, you know, was used for obviously in a, in a motorsport precinct and then what other clubs could use it and so what the track had to have to allow for, for rallying and for off-road and for, for motorbikes and that sort of thing so we could um, yeah, go through that and get, you know, get the, some real-world experience, I guess, from my end. So I had a great time doing it. And then my mum threw the, uh, the model out, which I was very uh, disappointed about. <laughs> <laughs> Parents are like... Yeah. <laughs> How old were you then when you went to the UK and what was the event? Uh, so I was 20. It was a round of the British Rally Championship. It was the final round of the, the British Rally Championship season. So they have a, it was called the Suzuki Swift Sport Cup, which was a one-make series for very similar to road cars, not modified. You know, had the safety equipment, but that was about it. Um, they were so very standard, very cheap, um, and it was sort of an a up-and-coming category for, for young 
people to get involved at a relatively low cost and everything was the same. So it really then came down to um, the drivers. Had you driven that type of car, that Suzuki, much before? Never, never. And it was left-hand drive and I met my co-driver the night before the rally. So, um, yeah, it was, in hindsight, a bit crazy, but... I'm so glad I did it, and it's what we um, got a puncture early on in the rally, so the overall result wasn't great, but we set some top three stage times and, and did enough to to prove that we had potential, and, and it was from there that I met all the contacts and was able to, to put something together to go back and, and compete in the full season the following year. In the same Suzuki category? Yes, yes. So I, I competed in that series um, in the 2009 British Rally Championship. So was that a team? How, how did that come about? How did you get that introduction? Um, so I, well, I just got on the phone. I was actually um, watching, we used to watch the British Championship. It was um, shown on Foxtel over in Australia. So I would watch it and, and sort of did a lot of research online, I guess, and then just picked up the phone and, and rang a bunch of people and managed to get in touch with the team that ran the cars. And they, I mean, they were incredible. They basically let me or leased me the car for, for next to nothing and I was allowed to effectively come into the workshop and, and prepare it with, with their guidance and they never charged me you know, anything for that and they facilitated the opportunity for me to be able to um, to come and sort of get started and then and then try and find some other sponsorships for entry fees and cars and, and that sort of thing. So um, I was very fortunate to, to have the generosity of those kind of people and then, yeah, I spent most of the days in the workshop doing the, the preparation on the car and, and organising everything around it. There is all those elements, isn't it? There is the preparation of the car, but there is the whole management of the exercise. You were integrally involved in that, weren't you? Oh, yeah. it's. Um, I mean, the bit I guess you see on the outside is, is probably the smallest bit that goes into motorsport. I mean, you've obviously got the cars and the preparation and the work that's involved in in getting them to the events and the logistics themselves are getting to the events. You've got a, a crew of people that are coming in at that stage. It's all, you know, volunteers that are just coming out on their weekends to help. Um, so they're involved in the process. Then all the, the administration side, um, obviously you've got a co-driver as well and all the preparation for um, that goes into that side of things. So it's, and then, yeah, sponsorship to, to make, to, to cover those costs and, and how you find and manage and, and provide back to those sponsors. So it's, um, yeah, it's a full-time job plus some. Um, how did you find the volunteers? I think, like, maybe a few people just saw this crazy Aussie over on the other side of the world. <laughs> no <laughs> idea what she was doing and maybe felt a bit sorry for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's an incredible sport. So I was really lucky with the, the Monster Sport Europe team that were running the cars, that the, the team within that who were running a bunch of cars kind of tagged me along with what they were doing. That was at, at the beginning where the majority came and then some rally friends in Australia had some some rally friends in Ireland for the following year and they had a spare car and, you know, out of the generosity and they saw that I was on the other side of the world with their family and they basically welcomed me into their family and um, and they all helped, you know, following year. So it was just, you know, things that I guess you pick up from, from being over there and on the ground and in the thick of it and people seeing what you're doing and, and wanting to get involved and, and creating, I guess, environment around you from, from being there, which was, was the best thing about being over there and on the ground been ready for when those opportunities came. Doing a whole series is rather extensive. Did you stay in salubrious hotels? <laughs> uh, no, not particularly. Um, so some friends from the workshop where they sort of rented their houses. I had a friend and who was on a, a little 
farm just out of Milton Keynes in, in the UK for the first year and they had a, a barn that they converted with some living quarters at the end of it. So I rented that, which was yeah very salubrious. Um, and yeah, it was always as cheap as we could find and then there was definitely a few nights in the back seat of the car as well. I'd heard you'd had to sleep in a barn, but at least it's been converted. Yes, yeah. I had a bedroom, I had a bathroom, I had a little, you know, electric stove top that you plug into the wall so I could cook a microwave, sink. Yeah, it was <laughs> five star. Without any assumption, is learning to cook one of the key features you learnt from your rallying career? Well, I guess, you know, trying to fend for yourself. For me, it was living out of home, but also out of home on the other side of the world. So, yeah, I guess confronting all those just realities that you do as you grow up and start to become more independent, but doing that completely out of your comfort zone and, you know, far away. That was daunting, definitely, but you also learn everything very fast and grow up quite quickly. Did you get homesick? I did, yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, it's, you know, been away from all those networks, and I guess at that time, like I remember on my my 21st birthday, I was actually moving into the barn. (laughs) So I basically spent the, the the day in the workshop and then the evening of my 21st was moving uh, doing loads in this little Peugeot 106 that I bought for a few hundred pounds, moving all my stuff into the barn. So it was a bit of a, it was a very humbling 21st birthday when you see, you know, like friends at home going out and, and that sort of thing. But the flip side of that is having the opportunities and doing what you love and, and being over there pursuing what you're passionate about. I mean, there's nothing that comes close to that. So it's all, all sacrifices that are, you know, well worth it and that were justifiable in my mind. The different cars is one thing. Is rallying in the UK different to Australia? Or were there some adaptabilities that you had to have for the type of event that it was? It's just a lot bigger. I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of rain, so there's a lot of wet rallying. Um, <laughs> you know, Australia has fantastic roads as well, so there's definitely there's more tarmac events, so that was new for me. But the biggest thing would have just been the depth of the fields and there's so many different one-make series and so many juniors and young people. So the competition at the lower levels is, is really strong all the way up. So it's just, it's great being immersed in, in the really competitive environment. And you did well in the series? We started off well. We won the first two rounds. I crashed in the next two. <laughs> but coming into the final round, we um, there were three of us effectively that could win the, the series. And it was whoever won that event would win the series overall. So we came into that event, we were doing really well. We had a 40-something second lead with two stages to go in the rally um, and the fuel pump failed. So that was definitely one of the toughest moments, definitely to date and probably in general. That, that goes up there as one of the most disappointing um, things. Obviously, your first year to win it and to be able to come out and to be on the brink of, of winning would have been amazing. And also the, the prize was some money that would go into making the following year possible. So from two accounts, it was very devastating to uh, to have that happen. I once had a mate who tried to be a professional golfer and he said, you see Tiger Woods putt for millions of dollars. You think that's pressure? He said, I was putting for a, in New Zealand in order to win enough money to buy my airfare home. Yeah. Now that was pressure. Yeah, definitely. And at that point, you, you know, you're trying to prove yourself and that's so much rise on that fact. So that was, yeah, heartbreaking. But then I think what you... Well, what you see after that, I mean, everybody's watching what's happening. So it's not, even though you didn't win, people see what you do and the people that matter know know what's happening. So to be able to then facilitate doors opening for the following year, um, whilst the title's great, it, it's, it's probably greater for the, 
the wider public, not the people in the know are watching the stage times, they're watching what's happening. So I don't think it really, I mean, obviously not winning the prize money was the toughest thing in terms of getting the, having to find extra funding for the next year, but in terms of the opportunities that came from that, they still came from you know, putting your effort forward and, and showing what you're about. So you gave that a go. You've come back to Australia. Is that just part of the evolving plan? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of been a case of being ready for the op- whatever opportunities present themselves. And I mean, to to do rallying as a profession, there's not many people across the world that that are able to do that. And and when you look at the the world championship levels, which is obviously the the pinnacle and what is the the ultimate aspiration. Realistically, it's a bit like Formula One. You need to have obviously the talent, but you also need to have millions of dollars as well. So, for me, I we were doing the Junior World Championship before I came back to Australia, and um, I lost my biggest sponsor that was um, contributing to that program. And then I got the opportunity to come back and and compete here and, and compete as a professional mm. driver, which was obviously always the aim, and, and to be able to come and fight for the Australian Championship. Yeah, it was the perfect opportunity at the right time. So so I think it was the right thing for me. Now, in fact, I presume that, as you say, it's not just the talent, it's, it's the package that you come to. And now with Subaru, I guess you're pretty busy in a range of things other than just pedalling fast down a dirt road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously that's, that's my favourite part of it. But it's, um, it's definitely not the, the majority of the work that we do in terms of how much time we spend at the rallies versus how much time we spend on the road at the dealership um, doing other work with Subaru and the brand and, you know, getting the message out there. And so, it, it, you know, it's, I guess coming from enrolling in a commerce degree and being interested in business and, you know, motorsport is a business. So it's it's great to be involved in all sides of that. And obviously the, the adrenaline of competing and driving is, is my biggest passion, but then also seeing how, how that is turned into a business is also really interesting. And you have to do convoluted interviews with people like me, I understand. <laughs> oh, this is the worst part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's, it's great being able to talk about rallying and, um, yeah. and you know, get more people talking about rallying is fantastic. So do you think you'll ever go back to uni and do a wonderful project on the economics and that of <laughs> a, a rally team? I would never say no. I mean, part of me would be, and it's just it's really time dependent. At the moment, there's no time. Um, but if I had the time, I would definitely would like to go back and, and do something. And, you know, I definitely see myself working in the business side of the sport in the future. So, mm. yeah, it's something that's still an interest. Molly, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.